Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Better Off Alone podcast. I'm your host, Suna, and I just want to wish you guys a beautiful morning or an afternoon or whatever the time is when you're listening to this podcast. So last night, I finally decided to watch Tick, Tick, Boom, which was directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And if you guys didn't know, it was nominated for like a bunch of uh, Academy Award nominations and stuff. And up to a couple of years ago, I used to, you know, like dedicate, I don't know, a few hours to watch the nominated movies and, you know, just like keep up to date with the Oscars. But that kind of changed after I graduated from college and then I kind of just started to lose interest. And like, to be honest, I haven't really been watching a lot of movies to begin with. So yeah, (laughs) that's that. And I think like out of the ones that were nominated for Best Picture, I only watched, well, now Tick, Tick, Boom. And I also saw The Power of the Dog, I think is what it's called. And the only reason I saw that is because Benedict Cumberbatch was the main character. (laughs) And I don't think I watched any of the other ones. I might have to watch Coda because I heard like amazing things about it. And I believe it's actually an adaptation like from a book. Or I might actually just read the book. I don't know. I'm more of a reader than a movie watcher these days. So yeah, I might actually look up for the book. If it's a book that I'm telling you, I'm not entirely sure right now. And then I saw Dune, of course, because I absolutely love the book. But I don't think Dune was nominated for Best Picture. I know it had a bunch of other nominations and it won like six Oscars or something. But I'm not sure if it was nominated for Best Picture. Anyway... So as I said, I watched Tick, Tick, Boom yesterday and that movie just, it hit really, really, really hard. And if you guys haven't seen it, I highly, highly suggest you do. I don't think I felt this way with a movie since maybe La La Land. Because La La Land is actually probably my favorite movie of all times. I saw that movie four times at the movie theater. Four times. Guys, I don't think I've ever watched a movie twice at the cinema. Or maybe I have. Oh, okay. I think I saw The Last Avengers twice. But okay, besides that one, I mean, that was only two times. Not four times. But I loved, like, absolutely loved La La Land so, so, so much that I like each time I went I would take a different friend because I wanted everyone to watch that movie because I loved it so much so like I, I, I just laugh at myself you know I remember the first time I went I think it was with my best friend and then the second time I was like oh okay I just need more people to watch it and then I went with a different friend and the third time I actually might have gone by myself the third time and the fourth I think I took a different friend But yeah, the third time, I might have seen it by myself. Yeah. And after that, I've watched it multiple times in the commodity of my house. Because I just love it. You know, I love the soundtrack. I love the themes it touches. I love Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling in that movie. Just like everything, you know. The, 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 what do you call it? The lighting in the movie is absolutely stunning. Like, they use so many different, like, vibrant colors. And if you just, like, look at the lighting in the movie like throughout the movie especially in the interior lighted scenes like there's parts where they use 
like a green lighting with the red and the orange and they like combine so many different colors and it just works out so freaking beautifully that yeah I just absolutely love the movie and it hit really hard because you know how La La Land it talks a lot about uh, following your dreams and like how much you're willing to give up and lose or like how much are you willing to like give and fight for uh, what whatever it is that you want and yeah it's a lot about like following your dreams I would say it's like the main topic besides all the romance part and I mean it is a love story La La Land but like more than a love story I feel like it has like different topics that really really hit me hard you know and I cry every time I watch that movie and yes I said I love the soundtrack and there was a period in which I would just listen to the soundtrack on repeat every single day like I don't know maybe like five times six times because I just loved it so much and after that I actually spent maybe like a few months like a whole month without being able to listen to any of the songs because they would just make me cry. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, yeah. I guess you could say I was a hot, hot mess back then. That was back in college. Yeah, I hadn't graduated yet when La La Land came out. And uh, yeah, I think I was going through tough times and that movie just hit me so hard. And yeah, I think like, that's one of the reasons I have like so much love for that movie because I resonated so freaking much with the characters and just whatever I was going through at that time everything just made sense in a way and yeah that's why La La Land will always like forever have a special spot in my heart and now watching Tick Tick Boom it just hit in very very different ways I would say so basically if you haven't seen the movie I'm talking about Andrew Garfield is the main character, the main actor, right? And uh, I actually don't remember what the main character's name was. So I'll just say Andrew Garfield's character. I know Larson. Oh, Jonathan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, whatever. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, so Jonathan is the main character played by Andrew Garfield. There you go. So basically, Jonathan is just about to turn 30. And he feels like his clock is ticking you know like yeah his clock is about to like burst like just explode go like tick tick and then boom you know so there uh that's where the title comes from and he's this musical writer or aspiring musical writer like he's actually a genius like he's so good at what he does so he writes this musical and he's working so hard to get like everything done and he's like working towards this workshop that I'm not entirely sure what is it that they called a workshop but basically it was like he invited a bunch of like important people in Broadway like musical people right and he like gathered all these musicians to put up his show without being an actual musical so it was just like presenting in front of a small audience and he was like looking so forward to this moment and uh, what I'm about to say next that I think I'm not gonna say it because it will be a spoiler and if you guys haven't seen the movie I would actually like you to go watch it and enjoy it uh you know just formulate your own opinions so I'm not going to go like deep down into the main storyline so yeah it's basically about this uh character Jonathan 
just you know like living in this moment right so he's he keeps hearing this ticking sound in his head yeah like there's this like tick 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 like going on which becomes kind of like annoying and overwhelming at some points but i mean that's the movie working you know like the movie doing its magic because you're supposed to feel all of these things with him and yeah like i was crying and laughing and just like everything like i was a mess watching that movie basically and i feel like i resonated a lot more with this movie because of the time period i mean like i'm 28 i have less than two years until i turn 30 so the fact that this movie was literally about someone about to turn 30 i was like oh my goodness what am i doing with my life i'm pretty sure that if you are listening to this and if you are at a similar stage than i am i feel like you will understand me yeah like the social pressures and the parents pressures and just like society in general your friends and just like it's a lot you know like maybe your friends are getting married some of your friends might have even kids already or maybe some others already bought a house and they have their dream jobs and you look at yourself and you don't have any of those things and i can say that confidently because i am in that position i have absolutely no idea what i want to do with my life and um, i don't know sometimes i feel like my life is a mess even though i don't show it on the inside like deep deep inside i'm just like yeah what the heck am i doing with my life i feel like my main problem is that i don't really have a big dream but recently I heard a podcast or maybe it was a YouTube video, I can't remember exactly, but someone quoted someone else and I don't remember the quote exactly, but it was something along the lines of your job is not your main thing, but you're working in order to make your, you know, like hobbies and side hustles a reality or something. Was it something like that? No, wait a minute. Okay, I think I'm completely butchering that. It might have actually been something like, you don't leave to work. Oh, yeah, okay. You work to like keep up and maintain and have the life you want. Okay, yeah, I think that's what I meant. Yeah, 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 that, that sounds about right. And I resonated so much with that saying because like, a lot of people, you know, like probably more than half the population is working on a job they don't really enjoy, but they might be working on that, like they do it because it's the job that allows them to do whatever, like other things that they actually enjoy doing. And that made me feel a bit better in a way. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about this saying? Yeah. Okay, just a little thing for you guys to think about later on. Anyway, back to what we were talking about, the social pressures and things like that. So I don't have like a lot of people around me like pressuring me to do things, but I think it's just society in general, like pop culture, social media, and like you start to see all these like, I don't know, like younger people Oh, quotation mark more successful than you uh, earning a bunch more money and buying houses and stuff and you're like yeah I'm just like still renting like barely managing <laughs> with whatever I have um, 
yeah okay i think this podcast episode just made a bit of a darker turn and that wasn't what i was going for so i apologize for that but just bear with me okay so okay let's just go back uh maybe a decade you know when i was still in high school like end of high school maybe when we were like still young like 16 17 along those lines we have this like visual image of a 30 year old person you know having everything together i feel like back then when i thought of someone who's the age of 30 i just thought that those kind of people would have their lives completely figured out they would probably have a job they like and a position they enjoy they might have been married already maybe um i don't know maybe they have kids they have a car they have a beautiful house whatever and that's the idea of a 30 year old in my mind back then and i remember very clearly because as i was getting a bit older like when i was around 23 24 maybe as i was reaching the quarter century life crisis <laughs> you know i started to feel a lot of pressure because i was like how am I going to achieve all of those things a 30-year-old is supposed to have achieved by then in just, you know, like five, six years? And I was like, I really don't think five years is enough time to accomplish all of those things I believed were true, which were obviously not true, you know? And I'm a huge believer of the fact that everyone lives in a different timeline and maybe a friend of yours achieve that by 26 and is married and has kids but if that's not your main life goal then I mean why are you even comparing yourself to that friend you really shouldn't so during that time when I was around 25 I was so 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 scared of turning 30 because of the expectations I had put on myself you know like it wasn't even like other people telling me I had to achieve these things it was just me thinking and believing that I had to do it and um, look at me now I'm barely two years away from 30 and uh, I am nowhere near whatever that goal is like I mean starting with I don't really have a physical goal I, I don't know why I used to be a dreamer I mean actually I don't think I ever had like big big dreams which could be a problem if you want to see it as a problem but you don't have to but i remember back in high school like whenever i would talk to my friends about these things they had big dreams like one of my friends was like oh yeah i'm going to write all of these movies and i'm going to direct whatever movies and write my own scripts and stuff like that and then because she really wanted to study film and she actually did study film and then I had another friend who really wanted to study, I think it was industrial engineering or something. And he also had like um, these goals and dreams set up. And dreams can be unachievable and unrealistic. Like that's why they're called dreams. And for some reason, I just never had those. And um, like even as a young kid, I don't think I ever like dreamt big. Which is kind of a shame. Like my mom would always tell me, just dream big. 
And she's the one who taught me that, yeah, dreams can be unrealistic and it's fine because it's just a dream. But you have to dream big to be able to achieve at least half of what that dream is or even if it's just a, a third or a quarter of whatever that dream is. And um, I feel like still up to day, I don't have it. And I think the main reason is because I'm afraid to fail. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm afraid of failing. And I'm just being completely raw and honest with you guys today in this episode. And I think that's why. Yeah, like I personally didn't really know why. And it wasn't until recently. It's just the fear of failure. And it's it's a horrible thought. It's a horrible feeling. And yeah, like... I mean, as my mom said, dreams are unrealistic. They're supposed to be unrealistic. So why am I so afraid of, in quotation mark, failing if it's unrealistic to begin with? So I should dream big, right? I should see myself as, uh, I don't know, a best-selling author in like 10, 20 years from now. And maybe my books will be turned into movies eventually. Or, yeah, something anything yeah like I should just dream big maybe I'll have a rock band somehow (laughs) if I ever learn to sing you know what's funny when I was in elementary school and maybe not elementary maybe middle school I really wanted to have a rock band (laughs) this is kind of funny thinking about it now but I really loved rock and metal and uh, even like back then I thought that was a very very cool profession so I guess That's one dream I had that it kind of died out as I grew up (laughs) because I realized that I really couldn't sing. So that was not going to happen. But yeah, what I mean is we should all dream. Just dream very, very big. It doesn't matter if it's unachievable or maybe it will be achievable if you just keep working towards it. So yeah, just remember to dream big and that's going to be my homework for today. I will actually sit down and maybe kind of like write down my thoughts and try to dream big or hopefully I will dream something, you know, like actually dream something in my sleep. I don't know. I'm just feeling a little bit frustrated, I think, and I'm pretty sure you guys can tell my frustration through the microphone and the way I'm talking, so I apologize for that. But as I said, this is a very raw and honest episode. Okay, so moving on from these unrealistic dreams, (laughs) unrealistic that hopefully you can turn realistic. Um, Yeah, let's just go back to what we're talking about, the, the pressures of turning 30, right? And going back to Tick, Tick, Boom for a little bit, the movie touches a lot the subject of self doubt. Because the, um, the main character, Jonathan, he didn't really believe in himself, you know. And he had to write this one song before the workshop and he just kept failing and failing. Like usually it would take him like three hours to write a song, but it's been a full week and he hadn't been able to write more than a word. So he was feeling like really, really pressured. But I mean, there was the workshop coming up, but it was more himself you know and he starts to doubt himself and uh, that's like around the time it started to hit really really hard for me 
I'm pretty sure I was crying at this point. <laughs> Most likely. I'm, I'm a huge crier. Like, I cry really, really easily. And I think it's mostly because I just empathize with characters and people. I mean, people. Yeah, people and characters really easily. And yeah, so yeah, I was tearing up a lot. You know, there were a lot of tears shed watching that movie. And I guess mainly it's because I also felt like him in very different ways. So mainly my frustrations come from the fact that I also feel like time is running out, although I'm really trying not to think about it that way, because turning 30 is not the end of the world, you know? Like, 30 is still young, actually. I still have so many more years to live, hopefully, and um, nobody is pressuring me to do anything before the age of 30. If anyone, it will be myself. But I'm telling myself not to do it, like, just remove all the expectations or whatever my 17-year-old self had because they were completely unrealistic and I had no idea it would be like that. And I've been talking to a lot of my close friends and we are all very similar ages, if not the same, and they all feel the same, you know? And that does not mean we are a failure. It doesn't mean we cannot succeed in quotation marks because I don't really know what success means. So I don't really know what it would take for me to be a successful person or whatever. But yeah, like in general, I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing this podcast episode to let you guys know that if you ever feel this way, you are not alone. And you don't even have to be like close to 30 to feel this way. You might be about to graduate from high school, maybe graduate from college. And we all feel this way. Or maybe you're in the period that you want to change your jobs and you might also start feeling this way, you know, because it didn't work out for you, which is fine. And we as humans, we're always looking for better opportunities, better options, just like better something, right? Yeah, we're always looking for something better and uh, this is like just what's on my mind right now I don't know if I'm making any sense at all I don't really know (laughs) if this episode is like in a I don't know fashion order I really don't know I feel like my mind is all over the place and yeah it's just based around whatever this movie tick tick boom made me (laughs) feel and I'm laughing to not cry to be honest And yeah, as I said, I just wanted you guys to know that I'm also in this position. And I know I share a lot of my life on my YouTube channel, especially nowadays that I'm doing a lot more vlogs, like daily vlogs. But whatever I show on camera is not everything. Like, just please remember that my vlogs are only 15 to 20, maybe 25 minutes long. And a day has 24 hours. Okay, minus maybe 8 hours because I'm sleeping. So let's say 16 hours. So from those 16 hours, you only see 15. Or sometimes it's not even that because sometimes my blocks are like 2-3 days long. And it's only 15-20 to minutes long. So you get the point, right? So my point is, do not compare yourself to others. And whatever you think is success for a person... It might not look the same for you, you know, like success is such an ambiguous 
term. And I actually don't really like the word success to begin with because it can be, you know, it can have a lot of different meanings. And uh, yeah, just, just, yeah, just try to be nicer to yourself. And if you ever have self-doubt, I mean, I also have self-doubt, especially nowadays because I'm in the process of looking for a new job. I, I'm not sure if I've talked about this before. I probably have. I'm pretty sure I've told you guys before that I quit my teaching job back in January, like late January. And I've been looking for a job for around a month now. I mean, I haven't actually been actively looking, to be honest, because I think I was just resting, like taking some time off for myself, which is completely fine. But throughout the maybe last two weeks, I have been a little bit more actively looking for options. And I've actually gone to a few job interviews, which is always nerve-wracking. It's a horrible experience. Yeah, just I feel like looking for a new job in general is a horrible experience. Like just starting with the fact of like polishing your resume and then applying for jobs. I mean, looking for jobs and then applying for jobs and going on the job interviews. Like everything is so nerve-wracking. It's so emotionally tiring, like exhausting. It's literally so exhausting. It's, yeah, just like mentally, emotionally, like everything is just a hot mess when you're going through that process, especially when you don't really know what you're looking for. So you might have an idea like of an area you want to go for, which is great, right? And then there's the other kind of people like me who actually have no idea what I want to do. So it's already hard for me to like narrow down my options. And then, I don't know, like I, I guess I've just been looking into very, very different areas, um, opportunities. Yeah, I feel like I'm not qualified <laughs> for any jobs because I majored in architecture, but I never actually worked as an architect and I don't plan on doing so. And then I worked three years um, as an English teacher. And I mean, before that, I have some like office experience and some like translating and stuff. But overall, I feel like I'm not really qualified for any other positions. And that's just nerve wracking. But you know, here's the self-doubt talking. And yeah, I mean, I have self-doubt. I'm pretty sure we all go through self-doubt from time to time which is completely, completely normal and it's okay to do so. But I really wish I wouldn't doubt myself. Like if I myself am not my biggest cheerleader, then who else is going to be my cheerleader? I have to be my own cheerleader, you know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. Like I've just been thinking and just, yeah, I guess. My biggest problem is the fact that I spend so much time with myself that I have so much time to think about things in general and I'm gonna be honest I have been really hard on myself lately and one thing I've been doing to deal with my anxiety and stuff like that is coloring like I have this coloring book called Words of Wonder by Jonna Basport she's a best-selling illustrator actually and coloring has been helping me a lot so I just like blast 
any kind of music I want to listen to on Spotify and I just color. Or sometimes I listen to podcasts. I think I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, yeah, and, and it's fine. But I kind of wish I could do more. But when, I don't know, self-doubt kicks in and it's hitting me so freaking hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, life can be a bit hard, you know, and I'm working on it. One other thing that has helped me a lot is actually this podcast. Like the fact that I am recording more often and editing and posting and everything and hearing you guys' feedback has actually also helped me a lot. Like on my last episode, I mentioned that this podcasting thing is actually like a spoken out journal and um, I still stand by it. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, it's kind of hard for me to just, you know, like give you guys this full monologue of like 30-40 minutes is actually kind of hard, but I'm trying, you know, and I forgot to bring some water, so I'm actually really thirsty right now, but I'll just keep going because I think we're nearing the end of the episode, or maybe not, I really don't know. Anyway, on a brighter note, because I feel like I've been a little bit pessimistic throughout this whole episode, so around the time I was 24, maybe 23, 24, yeah, I made a new friend who is actually three years, three or four years older than me. She might be four years older than me, I'm not really sure. So when I was 24, she was already 27, 28, right? So she was around the age I am right now. And when I looked at her, she was actually very similar to me. Like, because she was four years older than me, I thought, you know, like, just like still remembering what my 17-year-old self thought about 30-year people, um, I felt like she might be in a position like closer to that, but she wasn't, and she just felt very young to me. You know, like, I don't know, I always thought that turning 30, or as people grow older, they become less fun, <laughs> you know what I mean? But once I met her and we started to become closer, I realized that's not true. That's completely not true. And even if she turns 30, she's still gonna be a fangirl. She's still gonna love reading books and laughing at the same jokes that I laugh at. And she made me less scared of turning 30. So right now, I don't really feel like Jonathan Larson fell in the movie Tick Tick Boom because he was so pressured to like finish this musical before he turned 30, which he had barely like a few weeks left. But in my case, I don't necessarily feel pressured, like as he did to accomplish something that big. And this friend I'm mentioning, like she just helped me so much, you know, like to realize this, like I don't need to be afraid of a number. Like 30 is just a number. And it doesn't have any meaning or any hold on you unless you give it to it. And you really don't have to. So if you also feel pressure of turning 30, just, you know, take it off your shoulders. Like you really do not need that pressure. Like we already feel so much pressure overall, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, that we don't need this extra thing, you know, just like constantly like ticking in our like in our head, like a clock, like an internal clock ticking in our minds. We don't need that tick, tick, tick. And yeah, so as I said, she really helped me take off that pressure. And uh, I mean, I have been talking a lot about 
how I feel like I have no goals, I have no dreams, I don't know what to do with myself. So all of those things are more related to the fact that I just don't have it. It's not necessarily because I'm about to turn 30. It's just something I've been dealing with ever since I graduated from college. And actually even before that, because I already knew like when I was maybe like halfway through my architecture career that I didn't want to work as an architect. So I was already kind of feeling the pressure. But I think like things just kind of like worked out kind of like a puzzle in a way, like a mismatch puzzle. So like these thoughts kind of went back into my back burner, like in my subconscious. But now that I'm actively looking for these like dreams or whatever I feel like that's where the pressure is coming from but yeah it's not really about the age like it's okay like I mean sometimes I do still feel like okay maybe I should you know at least find a job I like by the time I'm 30 but if I don't it's also like important to remember. I'm actually telling you guys this and talking this way because I'm kind of telling it to myself, you know, <laughs> like I'm giving myself um, advice. So yeah, even if I turn 30 and I don't have my dream job or whatever, I it's okay. Yeah, I might find it when I'm 35 or I'm 40. You know, there's this, um, I don't remember if it, maybe it was Vera Wong. You guys have heard of her beautiful wedding dresses. Okay, I might be butchering this, but I'm pretty sure it was Vera Wong. It might be a different person, but I think it's her. So basically, she, I think she used to work as a magazine editor or something for most of her life. And it was like after she turned 40 that she designed her first dress. And now she's such a popular... Uh, dress designer you know like she's a very very famous like popular dress designer like a lot of people know her for her beautiful wedding dresses and I'm sure there are a lot of other like stories of other people who achieve things later on in life which is completely completely fine like if you decide to do whatever it is when you're 40 when you're 50 and you do it well and you feel good about it then who's there to stop you? So I just want to like end this episode on this note that we really, really don't need to put pressure on the fact that we're turning whatever age we're turning. Like just take off that weight from the number because numbers are just numbers. They don't mean anything unless you wanted to, but please don't. And yeah, I think like I'm just gonna end the episode on this note. And as I said, this is more of an advice or like something I'm telling myself to do. <laughs> um, hopefully also like help a few of you guys if you're dealing with the same issues, if you're just like thinking the same thoughts. And yeah, I'm I'm here for you guys. If you ever want to reach out and you want to talk or something, you know you can do it. My DMs are always, always open. And yeah, I feel like this was catharsis. Yeah, catharsis. That's the word, right? This was good. I feel like this was a very good episode. I actually feel a bit proud of myself because I don't think I've ever opened up like this anywhere. You know, with a friend uh, on my YouTube videos, um, just like anywhere. I don't think I've ever talked this honestly and raw. So yeah. 
I'm gonna give myself pats. Pat, pat. Good job, Sue. And yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day, wherever you are, whatever time it is when you're listening to this episode. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and for supporting the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I think this episode was kind of like a reality check in a way. And yeah, I would love to hear you guys' feedback on the episode. And yeah, I will talk to you guys really, really soon on my next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.